Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. I hope you all had a good week, and as we are entering into the last quarter of the year, I hope yeah, you have you are already starting to think about what have you accomplished this year or what have you not accomplished this year, and what are your plans for 2024. I think as we grow older, the time though seems to pass faster, but yet if we are not consciously aware of how time slips through our fingers, uh, we just let the days uh, run by itself and repeat itself. So as we gather here today to do our once a week worship, may we quieten our hearts and prepare our hearts for worshipping. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow the shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We trust the shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We are fed by the shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We live in the shepherd's care. Loving shepherd, you know our name. You care for us. When we face darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May we dwell in the house of goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. Now let us join the worship team for a time of worshipping together. Good morning, church. Shall we rise for today's worship? So, so blessed to be here today. So this morning, let us invite you to silence all distractions, whether it's a small nagging in your head or a tsunami wave of thoughts. Let us all come. Let's experience, let's celebrate, and let's enjoy the presence of God. I 
Desire and I love. 
Please be seated. Let us now prepare our hearts for corporate prayer. God, our Creator, Indeed, we thank you for gathering us together here to be able to come and worship you as a community. And as we stay in Singapore, complaining about the heat that has been happening during the past week, we look at the 10,000 dead and the thousands that are still missing when the two dams broke in Derna and Libya, where the water flooded over the city, the buildings were leveled and people were swept away. God, we know that with all the typhoons and wildfires, that this global warming is real and it is a cumulative effects of humans' actions and inactions through the years. That though we may be in a country that is safe from all these natural disasters, there are people around the world that are suffering the consequences. Then we look at the war, the man-made wars, where we have countries fighting against countries people fighting against people, that again, lives are so much impacted. We look at the news and our hearts are heavy laden. And a lot of times, I just want to close my eyes and not read this. But we know that we are not called to be ostriches to hide our heads in the sand. But we are called to be your people to be your hands and your feet. God, may we be able to fight this injustice in the systems that even if another person's life will just be a bit better, we have done what you call us to do. God, we also lift up all those among our communities and among us who may be suffering from physical pain, emotional pain, or even psychological pain. We lift up all these people to you that your presence may be in their life. Be it through us, or be it by some spiritual miracles, that their pain will be alleviated and that they may know your peace. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Now let's invite Pastor Miak to come up and give us his sermon.
Good morning and welcome home. Okay, this week's better than last week. As usual, we, have been, we are using Mentee as a means of engagement and collaborative exploration during the sermon. So it is not just sitting down there and downloading information, what I say, and then you just absorb, but also inviting each one into the process as God guides us through growth and transformation. You can log in by scanning the QR code or go to fcc.li slash mentee, and, that's, uh, and then you, you will be able to join us and you know, respond to the questions I may have. I've been reflecting a lot about your responses on mentee. I may joke that many of your answers are actually spoilers, right? They reveal what I'm going to share next. It may seem to be giving the answers away, but as I thought about it, I thought that it is a reflection that many of you get what we are trying to get across, you know, through our sermons over time, and that we are on the right track. And I think that that's a very powerful encouragement for um, Pauline and myself. So, as usual, go on and log in, scan the QR code, join us as we continue this sermon series faithfully. Um, with a question mark, right? Yeah. Um, tackling the, some basics of Christianity and so that we have a deeper understanding of how they came about and explore where we are and where we go from here, right? Very often, we assume that we have a common understanding. And sometimes some of these things aren't exactly explained to us. So quite a couple of you have come up to us uh, after the sermon approached us and said, wow, this is very helpful um, for me to understand. Some of, you know, some of you are new to the faith. Uh, some of you are not so new, but it's a, it's a new approach. Or, oh, I've never heard this before. I never got, to, got this explained to me. Right? And because it's not explained to us, sometimes we learn by observing and figuring out for ourselves. Right? And sometimes this doesn't help us get the right answer and we get it wrong. And, and when we get it wrong, we don't even realise that we are wrong. It's only when someone points out that, oh, it's actually like this, or it has, this, is the, this is the definition and all that, then we realise, oh, our understanding has been incorrect all this while. Or more accurately, in my experience, incomplete. We know a little bit, but it's not a complete answer or definition of what it is. And sometimes our ego gets in the way, and I know this very well personally, and that prevents us from admitting that we got it wrong. And so we react in a very defensive or uh, react in anger. And this reaction often corresponds to our ego and our attachment to it, to the need of being right. Um, and I hope that, you know, as we discuss this, you know, set aside, you know, relax a bit. You know, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to get things wrong. Uh, as I said last week, God is not going to come after you or get angry at you because you used the wrong word, said the wrong thing, or, or was mistaken in the belief. I think God prompts us to grow uh, and to let go of things that might, we might be mistaken about. And I think that's the evolution of the faith as well over time you know, from the time of the Apostle Paul all the way to today, we have let go of a lot of things. I told people very often, you know, maybe a few hundred years ago, people, Christians believe that slavery is okay. Today, not a single one, I think, would say that slavery is okay. 
And that's the evolution of our faith and our understanding as well. So last week, I talked about prayer. And in particular, you know, um, I was very surprised to, to receive a lot of responses about praying for each other, and that surprised me, right? Um, and for some of you, it's something that you really do in cell group. And for some of you who, are, who may not be in cell groups, you realize that this is something that you appreciated, right? Something, someone praying for you. And we have been wanting to have someone available to pray for you um, after service, right? Um, it's part of our care initiative. Um, and what we have been trying to start it in some ways, and I realized that, hey, uh, this is a good opportunity to start. So today, after service, uh, no, after the response to last week's session, I thought that you know, maybe some of you have experienced being prayed for, and maybe some of you are in need of prayer, whether it is a prayer request or a prayer of thanksgiving, or um, you might be more inclined to come up and ask someone to pray for you um, in the process, right? So after service today, after service today, um, Pauline and uh, Jeffrey will be up in front, and if you want to come up, um, and um, Jeffrey are one of our council members, they, um, you just come up and they'll pray for you for whatever your needs are, right? If there's something on your heart, do come come forward. I don't know whether there will be a queue, but if there's a queue, please be patient and they will attend to you and pray for you and take as long as needed. Now, we move to today's sermon topic, worship. Will you pray with me? God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. So, just like how I started last week, I'm going to ask you, what does worship mean to you? All right? And then you can enter your um, answers into Menti, and then we can reflect as we kick off this sermon um, about worship. Right? Yeah. Hillsong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are no right and wrong answers. Worship to you is Hillsong. It works for you. Adoration. Seeking for peace. Surrender, opening up your heart, singing to God in awe, wonder, connection, relationship, connecting to God, okay. praising God, recognizing God, singing, being in God's presence, serve, give praise, service, relationship, healing, thank you, proclamation, Appreciation, thanking God. Thank you. Theology, joy. Love. Hmm. I already see that the, some of my, you know, my sermon, a lot of things are appearing there already, which is a good thing, right? Acknowledging God. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for reflecting. One definition that I came across of worship is to recognize, celebrate, and praise God's majesty and grace. And then, of course, I went to my very helpful Cambridge Dictionary of Christianity. 
and they have a very helpful definition. This is a um, one of the treasure troves uh, of the, you know, as a seminary student, this is one of the things that I, I kept going back to because um, each entry of anything uh, will have some historical and uh, definitions and also uh, talks a little bit about history. So the Hebrew word Ebodah Elohim meant work or service directed to God. And then in, in Greek, it's Latria, meaning service. So it's hired and voluntary and it's not slavery or servitude. So while it's service, it's not someone that's compelled to do it. The, the person is done on their own, by their, uh, through their own will. And liturgia, which is now translated liturgy, was a Greek term, not for the, the, the words that we read in service, but it actually means voluntary public service. Right. The, then we move to Latin. Opus Dei, coined by Benedict of Nursia, refers to the worship of God, the divine service. And some, some people, believe that humans are naturally inclined to worship. That which powerfully affects them or is supremely valued as worthy of praise, right? Which gives rise to conflicting motivations for worshipping. Because here, you know, when we are inclined to worship, that doesn't necessarily mean that we worship God. There might be things that we, are, that we uh, see um, that affects us that we end up worshipping, you know, someone who is very powerful, right? Or we might see something that's worth praise or, or, or putting a lot of emphasis and value on that may not be God. Some people worship money, right? And that's the, 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 the challenge for us, right? One's motivation is either negative, based on fear and the desire to placate uh, uh, powerful forces for one's benefit, or positive based on admiration or, and inspiring a devotion that frames all actions. Right? Reflecting aspects of both is motivation based on gratitude for salvation. And that's the definition that comes from the Cambridge uh, Dictionary of um, Christianity. Right? So, worship isn't just a part of service when we sing. If you, that's what on, what's on your mind, then um, you need to... That's how I invite you to correct that thinking. The whole service, Sunday service, is worship. Now, I want to zoom in on this, right? We worship what powerfully affects us, and that's motivated by fear and our desire to... Uh, uh, placate uh, powerful forces. That's almost like treating God as a cosmic vending machine, right? Um, you know, we, we are either afraid of punishment or we want something from God, then we worship. And that's one possible, uh, one way of seeing it, right? The other way of seeing it is that God is supremely valued and deserving of praise. And we come in admiration and devotion. And many of you put that during, uh, in the answers to our mentee just now. Right. But these definitions are kind of academic, right? You know, it's like putting something under a microscope and investigating it and analyzing it. But these definitions don't necessarily resonate with us. They do not describe our lived experience of worship. Or at least it doesn't describe my experience of worship. I don't think of, um, you know, like 
worship as something that I, I, I ask God, you know, that I come to God to, to make God happy or something. Right? So last week, um, Pauline prayed a version of Lord's Prayer from a New, the, from a New Zealand prayer of, uh, book of prayer. Right? And so I went to, uh, because I was writing um, for our 20th anniversary book, and I went to read the, the New Zealand book of, Common, uh, the book of prayer, and I went to the introduction. And I came across this in the introduction that really struck me about worship. Worship is the response of the people of God to the presence of God. And I went like, wow, this is like the definition that, I, 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 that resonates with me. Worship is the response of the people of God to the presence of God. So what we do every Sunday, you know, starting with welcoming people at the door to our call to worship, followed by you know, singing during worship, and then prayer, the sermon, communion, announcements, even all the way to the closing song, if there's a closing song and the benediction, is providing conditions so that the presence of God may be experienced. Because so that we are more attuned to the presence of God so that we can respond, right? Worship, and continuing from the, um, the introduction of the, for, of the book of prayer, worship is the highest activity of the human spirit. And then it says, in this book, you'll find a means to express all the hopes and visions, the common purpose and the emerging love of which we are capable. In each service, in a variety of ways, we experience God and respond to the eternal following different threads and strands of spirituality. And worship is a skill to be learned and a creative art to practice. Whether you use this book, the book of prayer, as a leader or participant, you will need to make your own contribution to the worship in which you are involved. Suggestions are given on how the, the service should be conducted, but it's left open to each congregation to decide whether to sit, stand, or kneel at various parts of the service. Um, that's uh, from the New Zealand Book of Prayer. And I think that it's a very open way to understand worship. You know, sometimes we sit when we are singing, sometimes we stand when we are singing. It's not about our posture per se. It's not a set of rules or protocols that we need to get, get through, follow. It is the inner heart that is actually the critical part, right? And how does standing or sitting help us engage better to open us to the presence of God? I would say, you know, personally, standing while singing allows me to connect better, right? Sitting just feels weird, right? It, it, it makes me feel passive, but that's up to each of us to experience. That's why we don't compel people to stand or sit. We invite you to stand in body or spirit if you're willing and able. You know, the key word is willing. It's not compulsion. Uh, and, and that's a large part of worship. We don't, it's important that you're not forced to. Then I want to dive into this, right? I think the worship song, Come Holy Spirit, encapsulates this, right? The wanting to draw near to God and be in the presence of God. And it is the first song that came to my mind when I was thinking about song choices for this week. 
And I'm very aware that this song is written by the folks from City Harvest Church. And I know for some of you who have come from that church, it might remind you of your experiences there. Right? You may be triggered, you might, be break, you might break down in tears, you might be uplifted, I don't know. But that's worship, isn't it? Our response to God, the presence of God is different for each one of us. We all come to God from different circumstances and different situations. And every time, every Sunday when you come here, you're also not the same. Something might happen to you during the week. You might be going through a difficult time or you might have gone through a very good time. Your prayers might be answered and today is a different, you're in a different space than last week. So each of us, our responses is different. And our responses is also different week to week. And that's your encounter with God. We, the pastors, the worship team, the production team, the welcome team, are only here to provide the conditions that the presence of God is experienced, that, you're more, that is, it's more optimal. Right? I think you can experience God anywhere. God is ever-present. But that's the, our... We hope to make it more, um, to put the distractions away so we can really focus and anchor in God's presence here, right? I know many people who tear and cry during worship, so do I, because our, we are experience God at work. It's not how good we are doing the service. It is an experience that somehow we mediated God's presence. So I want to ask, right, have you had a particular powerful experience during worship. What happened? I invite you to be a bit more vulnerable. Um, this is anonymous unless you put identifying details. Uh, but have you had a powerful worship experience? What happened? Yeah, overwhelmed, touched to tears, right? And sometimes we cannot even explain why we are touched. We just feel touched you know, moved um, and something stirring within and we feel overwhelmed and just cry. And that's often a common experience. I know this is a little um, tough question, right? The loving of presence of God manifested in an overwhelming embrace of love. And these are the experiences that we can describe, but describe only to a limitation. Because words can only do so much to express that experience. It is very, very personal, deeply personal. Very touch until you cannot continue saying, very lost for words. Yeah. Feeling that being forgiven and I can live again. Yeah, I cried throughout the singing an overwhelming sense of sadness, goosebumps, overwhelmed, touched by the Spirit, crying my heart out to God, speaking in tongues, yes. The song being able to correlate with my, in my situations now, yeah, sometimes very much so, right? And not, it's very coincidental. Yes, when I saw the lyrics as God's response to my issues in life, it's just as though God is speaking to you. My limbs went numb, I hope that's not a negative thing. Uh. Um, not a medical condition, but really uh, uh, touched by God's presence. The hair stand in a good way. <laughs> yes, hair can stand in a bad way too. 
feeling refreshed and continue to conquer the road ahead. Yeah, that you are energized and ready to face the world. Felt the words spoke to my experience and I moved to tears, peace. Got formal into responding to an altar call during secondary school religious emphasis week. And that's not really, um, that, a, that response may not be a bad thing, right? I felt a chill down my spine in a positive way, feeling that everyone around me was together in unity and harmony. Everything felt full of love. Yes. And I hope that we can continue to create this kind of environment at FCC. In our body experience, affirm that I'm loved by God. Thank you for your responses. Thank you for sharing it. I want to highlight, though, that there is a danger and is that we make worship about us and our experience instead of being focused on God. There is a difference. Worship is service, not in the service of ourselves, but service to God and others. And sometimes we end up chasing that experience, the high that we feel, the goosebumps and all that. We, we are seeking that high instead of the connection with God. That is the key. Draw near to God. That's not the same as feeling high and having the goosebumps and all that. Because, to be honest, I feel the goosebumps when I went for army concert. Similar experiences. But is that connection with God? No. We need to be very careful that to differentiate the two. One is quite self-centered and one is God-centered. And this is not something new. Right? The early church actually was very simple. They were focused on the Eucharist and the communion, the meal. And the meal isn't like that. The meal is actually a big feast where everybody came to eat. It is not until Christianity became the state religion of the Roman Empire that it took on all these protocols. Must be doing this, must stand, must, you know, this is the way you respond, this is the words that we use, you must follow the prim and proper and all the pomp and pageantry, you know, I don't dress up much, you know, I don't even wear a stole when I, when I preach, but all the pageantry, all the, all the bells and whistles and, and the long train for some, uh, you know, some priests actually want very, very long trains, all these things crept into the worship service. But where do these things come from? All this extra stuff, it came from empire. It came from seeing royalty, right? You know, and something that we need to remember and not get distracted by. It is not to say that that's necessarily bad. Walking into some of the cathedrals that are built you know, in the past, that sense of awe, that sense of majesty evoked is really powerful. But that is that medium for us to connect with God. Don't get distracted by all, you know, that is, shouldn't be the ends, that should be the means. That is what points towards God, but, and that is not God. So I think that, that I want to invite us to, to realise that it is the connection that we are seeking, not necessarily the medium 
or the how pretty or beautiful things are. It, we can make it beautiful. That's not to say that we cannot. But that, don't get, um, don't make it about us. Don't make it, no, the focus of the worship is not us. So what we experience now as worship actually developed over time. How we worship and how those that came before us worshipped was very dependent on their context and especially how they understood God and their relationship with God. Just as how we understand God and our relationship with God reflects our service, which I'm going to dive into a little bit after this. Right? So, I want to start from close to the beginning, right? How did the early Israelites in the Hebrew Bible worship? One of the ways that they worship was through making sacrifices, offerings. And, you know, there's a lot of things I don't know about those times and it's helpful for someone to point out to me. And while reading again the, yes, I'm, I keep talking about this book, right? by Rob Bell, What is the Bible? And I've been plundering it like nobody's business for this sermon series. In his chapter, Why is the Leviticus in the Bible? He writes, Leviticus begins with extensive instructions on how to offer five different sacrifices. The burn offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering. And to add to that, there's verse after verse of instructions of, on what to do with the fat, of the animal you're offering, of the loins of the same animal, the long lobe of the liver, and, and the blood of the animal. Lots and lots of blood. And then he says, two things to note about the text. First, the book begins with the Lord, and this, is, this name for God is intimately connected with the God who rescues people from whatever they are enslaved to, telling Moses to tell the people when anyone among you brings an offering to the Lord. And the word offering here in Hebrew language is koban, which means to draw near. Here, I need to insert myself. Uh, you know, because this part is what um, Rob Bell wrote. But I need to insert myself because I always do this. Um, I don't just read what people are saying and then take wholesale. I investigate to make sure that it's accurate to some degree. Right? I do some fact-checking. And so, um, I want to clarify what Rob Bell is saying because I think that there is, it needs to be more accurate. Because more accurately, the word koban actually comes from the word, the root word korab, right? Which means to come near, approach, enter into, draw near. Koban, on the other hand, means something that is brought near the altar, a sacrificial present to be offered an offering. So he is correct to say that koban means draw, draw near because they are related. But to be more accurate, I want to differentiate the two words, right? So back to Rob Bell. Drawing near the offering, right? Draw near. And let's get some context. The gods at that time in the Near East were understood to be distant, detached, demanding and constantly needing you to, to be needing to be appeased. You never knew where you stood with the gods. But this God, you can draw near to this God. This is this was a new idea. 
a pause to reflect. We are one verse into Leviticus and minds are being blown. People didn't talk about gods like this. People didn't conceive of gods like this. This God is different. You can come near to this God. You can relate to this God. This is the concept, uh, this is the context of that time. How people understood God, their relationship with God, and how they worship God, and how that was evolving. We have a very different context today. And often, and I, don't, I know quite many of you will skip Leviticus because it's a whole set of rules that don't really apply to us. But when we investigate and realize that what they were experiencing or how the people then read Leviticus was very different from the, all the other people surrounding them, then we realize what's the point. It was actually revolutionary. Now, today, our understanding that this God that is revealed by Jesus is more than just one that we can draw near to. This God revealed by Jesus is the one who becomes human to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. The key thing about worship then is about drawing near to God. And not just that we want to draw near to God, God draws near to us. Now, another um, segue, right? Or another off-tangent thing I want to talk about. I am very concerned that when we equate these two words, right? Korab offering with, uh, Koban offering with drawing near, leading to a misunderstanding that God's love is transactional and conditional. Because drawing near, oh, you have to have an offering to draw near, ma. Which is why we don't talk so much about giving. We don't want anyone to feel like you need to pay for God's love. And how we arrange our services is also thought through, right? There have been thoughts about, in the past, right, oh, why don't we take up the offering before the sermon? And I think some churches might do that, right? Because that's when the attendance peaks, then some people sneak away after the sermon or something. But what that implies is that this is something you need to pay for. That's not it. That said, I have to recognize that it is your giving and offering that, what, that sustains the work here. We won't be here for 20 years without the giving and offering of your time, energy, and finances, and love that's poured into this community. I think that's important to recognize too, and honor. And I have to say, we have fallen behind in our giving, but I'm also confident and have faith. You know what? We've gone through more, more what? Uh, more dire circumstances before where we are like three months behind on our budget, right? We are now behind, but not so behind. I have faith that we will always have enough. When people know that we are in need, we will, people will give to sustain the work because we all recognize the work that we are doing here in this community. Now, what I hope that we all do here throughout Sunday service is recognizing 
what is worship about? It is finding ways to help people draw near to God. During the COVID pandemic, we didn't have much of a choice, right? We couldn't even meet. We had to do everything online. And then, you know, once we got out of that lockdown or um, whatever you want to call it, when we gathered, we couldn't sing. So we had to find ways to connect somehow. So some service leaders have actually suggested, you know, while we have recorded um, um, worship, right, we sing with our hearts. Um, and I don't know if many of you are aware, when we recorded worship videos, the worship recording took, is more difficult than live worship for the team. It took even more time. Um, sometimes it may be the stress coming from, you know, you know you're being recorded, so, you know, you, you know, every time there's a mistake, then they get very flustered and like, no, we need to go back and repeat again so that we fix that mistake, right? Because it's live worship, no way to go back and fix a mistake. Or it could be because, and many of the worship leaders have expressed that, because there's no congregation to worship along. It felt like a performance. There's a certain element that's missing, and it's very hard to try and imagine I'm leading this congregation to sing in worship. And the recording just doesn't feel. And I want to recognize and lift up all the people involved in the recording because they spend so much time and energy in recording the worship for us to connect with God. Thank you. And thank you for the, the, the video team for coming down and, and making it making it good. It's not you know, pouring the love into it. Of course, once the measures, measures eased, right, we started having live worships once a month. And then this year, we started having live worship twice a month. And the question may be on your mind, why don't we just have live worship every week since we're out of the pandemic already? Isn't this worthy of doing praise and honouring God? And I think, yeah, of course it is important to praise and honour God. But let us return to the fundamental of what worship means. We cannot forget that worship is about drawing near to God. If the result of moving to worship every, every week creates burnout for the people who are serving, then that does not serve the purpose of bringing people close to God, but actually does the exact opposite and drives people away from God. I don't know about you, but I was, you know, while we are juggling all these things, right, I got used to having recorded worship. I sing with it and I still connect with God, though not in the same way. It's just like listening to a CD, right, and going for a live concert. They are different but I can still connect with God with, with the recorded worship. And that's the connection that we are emphasizing. And we do not want to neglect and burn people out because, you know, we are idolizing and worshiping the worship itself. I hope you get what I'm, I'm, I'm driving at. We want to care for our people in alignment with how God cares for us as well. If we neglect people along the way, then 
we are not in alignment, right? We are lifting up something and at the expense of the values that we actually want to have. So here, I want to thank every single one who have offered their time, energy, resources that make this service happen. We have survived for 20 years. Our church has only three staff. The rest runs on volunteers. That service, that, you know, liturgia. That is how we live this out. But this Sunday service isn't the be-all and end-all. It moves beyond that. I want to especially lift up Gary, who is not just our chair of the board, but also the leader of the production team. And he does so much hands-on work that we stretch what little resources that we have, what little resources that we have to make things work. Some of you might see him coming up, climbing up and down ladder to fix the lights. I don't know if you have noticed this today because I didn't notice. You know, I was so distracted by you know, wanting to get the sermon ready and all that. That we have a new projector screen and a new projector. At this screen is made by hand, not purchased. If you purchase one, I think it's got a couple of, couple of thousand dollars. Gary bought the materials and with Zhao, they stapled, nailed and put it there. Gary spent the whole week aligning the, the, the projector so that it frames perfectly. It's almost like lit from behind, right? It's, it, it, you know, like perfectly the size. And this projector, you know, he ordered, so that it's ordered, you know, overseas, brought here. At a fraction of the cost, it, we, we, it would have cost us if we ordered it in Singapore. And this projector, well, he told me a lot of things that, I, wow, the bulb is laser, so it will last us until the end of our lease in this place. Whereas the old projectors, will, the, the, the bulbs will just um, burn out after, I think, 30,000 or 300,000 hours. I don't, I don't remember that figure. This is service. This is worship as well. And I really appreciate Gary doing this because if not, we, have, we will spend a lot more money to get all these things that we often take for granted. And here, I want to make a plea so the worship team early this year have expressed when we are Pauline and I asked them, are they willing to move towards having live worship every week? And they were ready. Back in April already, they were ready. However, we're lacking in volunteers on the production side, especially the, the uh, people manning the camera. Because when we have live worship, we need more people operating cameras, not just you know, on uh, recorded worship. We just need one person moving around. We need more people to step up. And I would like to invite you all to prayerfully consider to volunteer to serve on the production team. This is worship as well, though it's not as glamorous. Maybe you're not in front of a camera, or, but this is part of the work that we do. And it serves. It serves those people who are overseas, 
those who are working on Sundays, those who live far away, who join us only twice a week, uh, twice a month or once a month because the distances are just too great and they are watching us on li- on li- online now through YouTube. This is the work of the church. Somehow, having service streamed on YouTube allows people to also connect with God. Wow. You know, who would have thought of that? I wouldn't have thought of that last well, couple of years ago, that YouTube is kind of worship, but it is. And I want to also highlight, when we talk about worship, it's not just a worship team. Everyone who serves on Sunday is part of the worship team. Because every person involved, whether in the welcome team, the production team, the prayer team, the worship team, the communion team, the children's ministry, the worship, uh, the lunch khakis, we are all providing conditions in which God's presence can be experienced. We are mediating somehow. Even something we might think as mundane as welcoming someone through the door, something as ordinary as having a meal with someone might mediate God's love for them. So that service is not just up to people who are, you know, professional. We're all called to do that. If we are followers of Christ, we are called to do that. So I want to continue um, from Rob Bell. Right? The segue off already, back to here. But this God, no. Oh, not this. I, I skipped a few slides already which leads to a second observation about the text, right? One of the offerings is called the peace offering. It's offering that you give because you have peace with God. And one of the instructions in chapter 7 regarding this peace offering is that the meat you offered must be eaten on the day it is offered. What is it? What's it called when you eat something? And then he says, not a trick question. It's a meal. You come near to this God, then you have a meal celebrating the peace that you have with, with this God. And in other words, you can know where you stand with this God. That's how radical the rituals, the offering that was this, that's described in Leviticus is. We read it as, what? Well, like sacrificial, oh wow, what an what a outdated kind of practice. In their time, this was radical, this was revolutionary because you know where you stand with this God. You can have a meal with this God. But this evolution of human understanding where we, of where we stand with God, at least how we understand it as Christians, continues through Christ. We too have a meal that we celebrate every Sunday that celebrates this relationship that we have with God. To us, this meal is a remembrance of Jesus, His life, His teachings, His death, and His rising to new life. This is a, the continuing evolution. And I want to share with you what Marcus bought. You know, I, I, I was also reading 
the other book, right, to, to, to see whether I have resources for, for this sermon. And he writes, The body and blood language intrinsically associates bread and wine with Jesus' death. In the New Testament, all four variations of the words of institution do so. Separation of body and blood occurs in violent death. These words are first reminders that Jesus died a violent death, killed by the power that ruled this world. This sacrament is be about becoming one with Jesus. It's about joining our lives to his life, our passion to his passion. And he adds, many Eucharistic liturgies obscure these meanings because their language reflects the framework of heaven and hell Christianity with its emphasis on sin, guilt, and substitutionary sacrifice. Body and blood highlight the fact that Jesus offered up his body. And this is the interesting thing that I, no, that he, that I picked out, right? It's worthwhile to note that not all users of the word sacrifice in the liturgy refers to substitutionary sacrifice. Because if you think back to what I said just now in Leviticus, not all of the, all, all the sacrifice was about substitution. The peace offering was to have a meal with God to, to recognize that you have a good relationship with God. So, in, for example, in most churches, Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us, is said during the Eucharist. The Passover lamb in Judaism was neither a substitutionary sacrifice or a sacrifice for sin. So go and read Exodus chapter 12. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, the blood of the Passover lamb daubed on the doorposts of the Hebrew homes was a signal for God's angel of death to pass over these homes. Then the Passover lamb is eaten. It is food for the journey out of Egypt and into a new life. Nowhere in Exodus says this blood is to wash away their sins. This blood was to indicate that they were, they were, Jew, they were Jews. And the meal, they were going to go on a long journey. That was the preparation. This meal is about the journey out of bondage and slavery and preparation for new life. And that's something to think about for us, right? Is this a meal to lead us out of bondage and slavery into new life? And this is where I also want to bring attention to one of the things that people often ask about. E, sometimes you all spill the wine during communion, like why? Ah? Now, this is something that we have adopted from the Jewish practice during Passover. And this is described by Larson in the book Bound for Freedom, the book of Exodus in Jewish and Christian traditions. Now, hmm? oh, what happened to my... Oh, I didn't, I, okay, I didn't, I didn't have the, no, okay, sorry, I did. The rabbis realized the danger of triumphalism and self-glorification in the story of Exodus and a final victory over the Egyptians in the, Red, in the Red Sea crossing. The fact remains that Israel is saved and a considerable part of the Egyptian people are afflicted 
and finally destroyed. Aware of this dilemma, one rabbinic commentary describes a scene in front of the heavenly throne. You know, whether this really happened is what they said was the angels wish to sing a song of praise when they witness what happens to the Egyptians as the Israelites break out into song of deliverance. But before they even start, however, they were reproached and fully silenced by God himself with the words, the work on my hands are drowned in the sea and you want to sing songs. Any suffering, even that of the enemy, or who we might think are our enemies, should make us reflect upon and subdue the joy that we may feel. A reminder is given in, every, in a very concrete way during the Passover meal in connection with the listing of the ten plagues in the Passover Haggadah, some drops of the wine in the cup is spilled at, at when, the, when each plague is read out. The cup of joy cannot be full when one's own salvation is achieved while others are still suffering, and even if it is one's persecutors who are hit. This custom is explained during the meal you know, every time they celebrate the Passover, and it leaves a permanent impression on the participants. We at FCC hope that even as we pour out some of the wine, we, still, we will in a small way also affirm our solidarity with those who still suffer. We remind ourselves that Christ incarnates himself in those who suffer. And therefore, our joy in Christ is truly abundant while our joy in Christ is truly abundant, this joy will only realize its full consummation in our ultimate reunion with our Lord Jesus. The joy is still incomplete today, right? when there's still someone else who is still suffering. So our liturgy, our words, are a reflection of our understanding of God's love for us that is inclusive, radical, and unconditional. These actions, these songs, the words that we use are only a means to draw near to God. So we may reach for things beyond these words in the language of our hearts. So we are more and more awakened to the fact that God's presence is everywhere, not just here in church, but not just here on Sunday morning, God's presence is ever present with us. It is us who are distracted and unaware of God's presence. And this comes to the why of worship. Last week I said, I always go by what, how and why, right? And now I come to the why. It is the hope that true worship, that we awaken from the stupor and slumber into God's presence so that our entire lives, every one of our words, Every one of our actions is an act of worship. That coming here, experiencing the worship the whole time, it leaves a permanent impression. There are many of you who shared that you might have cried, whether there's a, sing, a song that we, we sang, or whether you know, during communion, somehow the experience touched them. It is because we mediated that God's presence for them. And there is more to that. That isn't the end point. 
We cannot be singing songs here on Sunday while the rest of the week our lives are not aligned with justice and compassion. That is why the prophet Amos has such strong words. I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Very strong words. Your assemblies are stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. It is not to say that we don't sing, we don't bring offering. But without justice, without righteousness, without transformation, without com- compassion, then all that is of naught. Our worship draws us near to God to allow God to transform us more and more Christ-like, not the other way around. Uh. Draw near to God and transform God to be more like us. It is us to be more like God. Into a people awakened whose actions and words and lives are acts of worship. And not just here on Sunday, but everywhere. Everywhere we go, we mediate, we radiate God's presence. And I don't mean putting up a performance. Because there are times that we perform Christian. We just say praise the Lord every other, uh, other sentence and then we think that that's praising the Lord. Those are just words. Or we act pious. We are called not to act or perform, but to worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit, in our most inner thoughts. And in truth, in our actions. That they are aligned with God and bearing fruits of justice, love, compassion, and to serve others. I added this point because... I really loved Jamie's prayer. She lamented the disaster that so many died and our lack of awareness, our lack of consideration of what's happening to the world, especially through climate change, because we do play a part in that. She's inviting us and I think she's mediated God's vo- mediating God's voice to us and go, you can do something too. That thing that you can do is to start focusing on others instead of the self. And that transformation is meant to live out. I do not want to prescribe what actions we should take because that journey is a holy journey. That journey of discovering what we need to do is worship in itself. And I pray that through that, the worship that starts you know, from the moment you step through the doors to us singing and worshipping, to listening, to praying and to listening to the sermon transforms us so we will do what is required for, of us to do justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. May our lives be worshipped every day. 
I know that it's a large call. And I'll be honest, for me, if I am able to live fully, I'll be lying. You know, those of you who sit with me when I'm driving will know that when I'm driving, I'm actually not worshipping. I can be a very hostile driver, um, especially when I'm frustrated. But I pray that I grow and transform and be more gentle on that journey too. And I pray that for you as well. We will not get there, but we are doing it a little bit of transformation every time. So that when we come to God, when our time comes, we are able to say we have run the race and we hope that we have done well. Amen. Let us continue our worship with holy communion with God and one another. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are all not physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of CC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust in your abiding love. When you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us. Trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our good shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture. You know us by name. We offer grateful thanks for your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your Spirit in our lives. Lead us in right paths that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares the table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cups overflow with the bounty of grace, for our Shepherd knows us like no one else can. Restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for the life of ministry. We remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
May I invite the stewards to help distribute the communion elements? If you're joining us from online, it will be a good time to prepare your own elements so that we may partake together. Please hold on to the elements while we wait and partake of the elements together. Come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving. May I invite you to stand in body or spirit for the prayer of communion. Together, God of love, you abide with us. Your loving presence fills us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. 
May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Please be seated. You may pass the cups to the house and our stewards will collect them. Thank you and welcome once again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. Uh, thank you, Pastor Miak, for the sermon to let us know that worship is not just song and praise. But to me, I think the definition of worship is just an expression of love. So the form of worship closest to my heart is service. So really, I think uh, that's my love language also, acts of service. So my acts of service to you is that as service leader, I'll keep it short and sweet. And be a bit funny so that you can wake up a bit. So that yeah, but 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 jokes aside, I think uh, when I'm served by people in church, I really you know experience God's love through their actions, and the actions is not because you know they have to do it because they have to do it, but really that they are willing to do it because they love me in return, and therefore they are willing to do something for me. So uh, thank you to one and all who have served me in one way or another. Uh, let's see whether I'll have a chance to serve you sometime in the future. Okay. Uh, if you are new to FCC, if you are new to FCC, uh, you may sign up uh, and leave us your details at fcc.ly/welcome. Uh, we have a newcomers meeting uh, once every month. This year's, uh, this month's newcomers meeting will be on 24th of September, immediately after service. If you would like to join us for the newcomers meeting, please send an email to info at freecomchurch.org. So uh, this is now the giving segment of the service. So it's very difficult to follow up on this after what Miak preached because he says we don't talk about money, but yet we do talk about money. Uh, you, you may give by cash, by placing in the uh, offering bag, or you may give by direct debit or standing instructions. There's actually two accounts. Uh, one is the general fund, one is the building fund, and you may give by pay now by scanning the QR code on the slide later or on the chairs in front of you if there's a QR code uh, on, on the chairs. So, uh, like, it was said, we are actually slightly behind in our collection, but we give thanks to you no matter out of your generosity, no matter how big or how small you give, because uh, you believe that this is the purpose and there's a reason why FCC needs to exist. So let us give thanks in prayer. God, indeed, we give thanks to you for you have created us and you have shown us love. And though sometimes we worship you in ways that we think that this is what you call us to do, we know that the focus is to be on you and not on us, not on our actions, not on our thoughts, and not on our just... because we may just want to feel better and feel be one above the other. But God... You created us equal and you love us regardless. So we give back in response to your love so that more may get to know you and know your love. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Uh, can I invite the stewards to come up and collect the offering? Now is the announcement segments. Today's announcements are... Okay, collection drive. This is 
we are doing a collection drive from 17th of September to 29th of October. What are we collecting? We are collecting bags and apparels for adults and small electrical appliances. Uh, please do not give shoes or underwears. And the items to be collected needs to be in good and usable condition and it needs to be clean with no holes, etc. Anything uh, that doesn't pass the QC standard will be rejected. So if you have any message or queries, please uh, message Keen at the above listed number. FCC is 20 years old this year. It's a miracle. There is... <sighs> yeah. I mean, some of us have been here 20 years. It is indeed a miracle. So anyway, there's only one 20th anniversary in the life of the church, right? So it's, the 20th anniversary is happening on 8th of October, 10.30 a.m. So this is a time for us to invite people who have been part of this 20 years journey. And then we also would like to invite our community partners to come and join us for this 20th anniversary service. So for those people who may be overseas or who may not be around on 8th of October itself, uh, you cannot participate in person, we would like to invite you to send us your greetings either via WhatsApp or you send an email to info at Freecom Church uh, to tell us that at least you are happy that we turn 20. Okay? Uh, the image and invite message will be sent out to all members for you to invite people to come and participate in this joyous occasion. So just uh, look out for that in either your WhatsApp message or your email. And then you can invite your friends and all those, those that you have not seen, those that you have seen, those that you think will, uh, 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 will benefit from the presence of FCC in Singapore. Yeah, please just invite them one and all. Join the production ministries. Uh, like what Miak has said, uh, we want to go live worship every Sunday. But in order for us to go live worship every Sunday, besides the worship team, we really need a lot of people behind the scenes. Actually, this, uh, this announcement has been put out for like months and then we got two volunteers and we're like, okay, never mind, it doesn't work. So we took it down. But then today, since 20th anniversary is coming, we need more hands. So please, if you're interested to join the production team, send an email, sign up at info at freecomchurch.org. We need more hands on deck. Next. Oh, okay. It's a welcome home slide because today we are starting the initiative called CARE. This has been in the making for quite a while because uh, since the COVID period and all those. So one way to show love is to care for others in the community. And one way to show care is to be available to pray for each another. So what does CARE stands for? CARE stands for counting on all, relying on everyone. Alright, care. Counting on all, relying on everyone. So we are counting on all and relying on everyone to care for one another. Today, this initiative is being kicked off. If you want somebody, if you are in need of prayer and if you want somebody to pray for you, uh, please come out immediately after service. Today's prayer will be uh, Jeffrey and Pastor Pauline. Lunch Kakis. Lunch Kakis is another initiative by the FCC Welcome Team to show that they care and love you and to keep you company during lunch. Today's Lunch Kakis are Gordon and... Gordon and himself, okay? And then he, he, always, he always says that, you know, when he's on duty, there's nobody who wants to have lunch with him. And we all wonder why. But then I, if you like to get to know Gordon better, please go to... Yeah, go behind and then yeah, have lunch with him, okay? Yeah, so that he has, he has something to do while he's on duty. 
So besides lunch, uh, we actually have got mooncakes available. Uh, so if you like to have some mooncake to celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival, uh, you can have some mooncake before your lunch. Okay, but watch your calories. Uh, and then also, today is Cake Sunday. We are celebrating the September baby. So we invite Pastor Pauline to come and celebrate for them. So we have many September babies with us. Um, and if uh, those of you are here, any of you who are here present in person? I know some of you. Maybe, maybe not. If you are here in person, if you're up there, um, please come up. If you're not up there but your birthday is in September, please come up as well. We want to pray for you. Uh, sing to you also. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Come, come, come. Come, come. Anyone else? So sad, ah? <laughs> all online, ah? <laughs> Never mind, it's okay, right? <laughs> you can represent all of them. <laughs> um, shall we pray for all our September babies, okay? And then we'll sing for them. So we'll get the worship team to get ready, okay? Yeah. Okay, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for life, for breath, for birth, for how you birth, not just us physically, but how you breathe new life into us spiritually. And thank you so much for our siblings who are celebrating their birthdays uh, this September, for your gift of love in their lives, for your gift of them in our life in this community. And God, we pray that you continue to bless them with your wisdom, your joy, your love, your presence in every way, that you will surround them, that you will walk with them, that you will cover over them wherever they go. And so we pray that for them that they will continue to grow in, in you and in your love and your grace. We pray that you will help us to love them as well and to walk with them in this journey called faith. And so God, we thank you so much for each one of them, for the blessing that they are. And we pray that you will bless them richly, um, abundantly, in every way, as we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we sing first? Ah, don't run away, ah, because you have to represent. Ah? <laughs> okay, let's sing. Okay. Happy birthday. Thank you everyone. And now I want to uh, welcome the worship team back for our last song before the benediction. Okay. Yay. Let us all rise for the last song today. Spirit, fall 
love you, Holy Spirit. You're captivating my soul. And every day I grow to love you more. I'm reaching for your heart. You hold my life in your hands, drawing me closer to you. I feel your power. this world so that you can draw us close to you. God, help us respond to your presence in our lives and in this community by drawing close to you. Help us to truly be worshippers, people who would serve with all of our hearts, minds, souls, and strength. Help us to be lovers of you in every way. So now go, go as God's worshippers in this world, serving, loving, being transformed into God's likeness.
as God's love and grace goes with you now and always. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. Go and may God's peace go with you in this coming week.